Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, David Bush, Jory Webb, Nate Edison, Wes Anderson, Kelly Breckner, and Andy Dugan. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Casual fam, Flying Casual here with your host, Michael Canterbury. Uh, double intro. Um, <laughs> are you coming down from the Clone Wars high, fam? Um, I'm still riding it, but I'll be honest, I'm a little excited to talk about something different. I think that'll be kind of a, a, a nice change, but uh, it was epic. We talked about it for many a week, and now it's time to move on. Unless Dave Filoni comes out and says, we're making more. I feel like we're probably not going to be talking about Clone Wars for a little while. But uh, fam, I'm joined with me as usual by the lovely Holly. Holly, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. That's it? You're good? Yeah, that's You're it. just I'm good. good. You're ready to podcast. <laughs> you got the Clone Wars out of your system, that's right? That's right, yes. That's it. You're <laughs> very pointed today, uh, which is totally great for podcasting. Uh, not a lot of dead space, which is great. We're, we're just going to stay on track. Let's, let's stay on track. I'm totally down <laughs> with that. I am also, fam, joined by also the lovely Mr. Luke Elder. Luke, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, I, uh, I tell you what, Michael, I would yeah. really lose it if uh, <laughs> Filoni came out with the... Uh, Announcement that they're going to make it a Dark Disciple movie. Oh, can you imagine that? It sh- it should have been in Clone Wars. Let's let's be honest. Am I am I wrong, Luke? No, I would love to see that Son of Dathomir arc. Mm. I, I I'm holding out some tiny little bit of hope that the whole uh, pandemic social distancing thing will keep people from you know filming live action for a while. So they'll yeah. be like. Oh, we gotta you know fill the the dead space with something. Let's do animation. We don't have to be in the same room to you know do some computer animation. So let's you know those some of those old Clone Wars scripts and things. Let's uh let's go ahead and animate them. That like selfishly, that would have been actually really great for you know hey, guys. What can we do? Well, we don't really have much written, but you know I did have this you know ep- or season five of Rebels. Um, or, you know, mm-hmm. a continuation on of the Clone Wars, like where is Ahsoka post Clone Wars, Holly? I mean, I, is that selfish? No, I mean, I feel <laughs> how many people have to get <laughs> sick, you know, for that to be a thing? <laughs> I feel like we kind of talked about that a little bit last time. Yeah. I don't think that's selfish. Sorry. Hey, I mean, when in Rome, right? When, when a Star Wars fan, you want more Star Wars. Um, but so Clone Wars is, is come and gone, and it was sad. It was it was emotional. It was epic. Um, but I, I, like I said up top, I'm kind of excited to talk something different for a change. Holly, are you are you ready? I mean, you got hit with Clone Wars hard. Are you ready to kind of <laughs> get back into yeah, the swing of things? I'm kind of ready to move past. Sorry, maybe this will make people mad, no. but I'm just ready to move past the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Not really. Star Wars thing. Hey, that it will be. It'll be one of your favorites. Uh, Luke, am I wrong? I mean, it took a little. It took years, but it won us over. Am I? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's it's a fine wine. You gotta let <laughs> it uh, breathe a little bit. You know, swish it around in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, uh, really find <laughs> all the notes. 
I, uh, I have, I'm not going through Clone Wars withdrawal yet. I've been, uh, kind of binging, binging it, you know, old episodes. So you're back on the sauce. Am I wrong? Like you're back back to it. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. It isn't. You just can't get enough of it because that's the thing. That's what happens when you have years of space and we don't like you we did a rewatch before to get ready for it but then you see what happened in season seven you're like what got us there let me go rewatch it again so that's holly we do need to finish our rewatch that's going to take some time but like yeah. luke said a, a fine malbec maybe that's right yeah yeah right so but plenty of malbec with mall um malbec with mall yeah that may be that we may have to make ourselves a, 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 our own wine I think um, yeah. uh, there is a winery at Lucas Ranch, right? L- Luke, our Lucas's Ranch or uh, the Skywalker Ranch you're Sorry. talking about, right? Yep, that's what I meant. Sorry. Oh, hey, Let no. me try again. Yeah, there's a Skywalker <laughs> Vineyards. Yeah, that's what I, I heard meant. About this. Yeah, because well, yeah, we saw on the chef show they have, like, they have their own freaking, like, garden they do all this stuff i'm sure they have acres and acres of when they do they have a winery you can buy the wine online and they'll send it to you is it star wars themed it is Mm, luke i i know you make beer my friend so is is wine a lot more difficult have you dabbled in the wine making at all (laughs) i'm uh semi-retired from uh brewing since my kids were born uh yeah wine is same general concept you need some uh, eat some sugars, yeah. Feed those yeast, and uh, they'll they'll do the job for you. Mm. Turn it into a very explicit podcast here. Uh, <laughs> swish it in your mouth, really get that yeast going. I mean, Let's Holly, see. am I wrong? They have a Skywalker Rose. Okay, that's that's kind of boring. I was hoping okay. for cooler okay, names. All right. but... They have a, a suspense. I Seriously. Know. Maybe they're not as like Star Wars themed as we originally let on. And that's okay. I, I guess it can't all did. be Star Wars, right? I really thought that they had some other ones. Sorry, I'm flipping through this. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe that wasn't as exciting as I thought it was. Well, that's well, okay. That could be a fun game. Yeah. If you, if you get a bottle, you get a few bottles. You rename them. You have to that's come right. up with what what does this oh, wine make me feel in a Star Wars way. I'd be like, that tastes a little like Anakin. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the chosen one. Uh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> right? I was thinking more along the lines of what planet do I see myself sipping oh, this on? Okay. But sure, it can taste like different characters, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, what would, you know, a hut Jedi taste like? Um, are you asking me or was that a rhetorical I, question? That, somewhat rhetorical. Luke, any idea what a, a hut Jedi would taste like or a hut, I guess, in general? Uh, I would say Jabba. Mm, Is that Jabba? Mm. That's the <laughs> name of the wine. Uh, Luke, what would Jabba's wine uh, name be? Anything? Slimy McSlamo? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it tasting good. I think. Uh, Java might be better as like a scotch. Mm. Uh, you know how like okay, go on this journey with me. Yeah. You know how like sloths move so slowly that like moss and stuff actually grows in their in their fur. So it'd be very. Mm. I can imagine like 
you know, algae-ish things growing in sort of the folds of Jabba. Sexy. Algae's kind of like peat moss, which eventually goes into scotch. So oh. that's where my head's going with Jabba. Jabba scotch. Jesus. Listen, there's Jabba a scotch. Jabba the scotch. Oh. There's a uh, there's a bar in Columbus. It's called the Lawbird Bar. Okay. Luke, I don't know if you're familiar. Um, they have a Star Wars cocktail menu right now. Nice. Um, they have. Tatooine Sunrises, note the plural, which is like a rum-based drink with okay. a lot of different like grapefruit and pineapple. I orange hate grapefruit. Juice. Okay, I hate grapefruit, so I'm out on that. They one. have a Dagobah Swamp Dac, which is a daiquiri. I love swamps. I'm sure you do. Um, and then they also have my favorite. At least the name <laughs> of it is my favorite. It's Bantha Milk for Breakfast, bro. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what, is that like a stout or like a, uh, what are the? Uh, it's a blue milk, maybe. No, yeah. it's, um, it's not that. It okay. is a, it has lemon juice, lime juice, maple syrup, and freeze-dried blueberry infused half and half. That actually sounds pretty amazing. Anything. I say, where's the creaminess coming? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Half and it's half blueberry in infused yeah. half and half. And it's actually super cute. I think it's a tiki bar. And so with all their drinks, they have different Star Wars tiki glasses next to it. So the one for this is an R2-D2 tiki glass. Ah, we were going to get some tiki glasses here. For, they were for Star May Wars the 4th. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think the cream comes later, but that was a terrible joke to <laughs> Phrasing. make. Phrasing. So. Phrasing. I mean, am I right? Jeezy, Pete, you got to work for the cream. But uh, wow. wow, I hope no kids are listening. This was not the direction I was taking this podcast in, but it's where it's went. Um, so that's exciting. Maybe we'll get into making our own wines. I get, you know, let Luke knock the rust off his beer making. I mean, I'll work on some labels. You just brew it. Holly will come up with clever names. I feel like we got a whole operation here holly are you down are yeah you, we just need a little time I, we're in isolation we have so That's much true. time luke could be brewing beer while working luke am i wrong i mean that can we can make that work right uh as long as no one from from work listens to the podcast they right? don't i guarantee they don't we're good we're golden our bosses are not listening right now um but uh hey that sounds like a fun idea but anyway fam sorry for that little tangent but you know sometimes that's what happens right holly i'm not sorry that was all star wars related it, it, it was it absolutely <laughs> was it absolutely was um so we did have um an opportunity folks to, to to check out some new star wars content like we talked about back into issue number two of the new darth vader line um, which was okay, I'll say up top. We'll probably talk about that here in the beginning. Then we have news that we may be seeing Mr. Boba Fett himself in the flesh in Mandalorian Season 2. Honestly, folks, I have no idea where that's going. What's he doing there? So that's why we're going to talk about it. Maybe a little speculation. Do we like it? Is it necessary? What could? What were the consequences of bringing him back? Um, and then if, if you're not checking out the Disney Plus uh, docu-series, um, does anyone remember the name of it? It's like Disney Plus Presents or something like that. I don't know. It's something making of i don't couldn't tell you the name of it um but on the mandalorian the the second episode of that came out and just more goodness that behind the scenes stuff and luke was absolutely right like not a whole lot of like 
behind the scenes on the actual Mandalorian set or even the story for that matter. But a lot of just talk about Star Wars in general with its creators um, and producers and directors and things like that. So we're going to talk about that second uh, episode because some really amazing things were said by everyone involved, but especially Dave Filoni. So I want to hear everyone's thoughts on that. Um, but to get started, That's- yeah, Luke. That name you're looking for, it's called Disney Gallery. So I'm assuming they're going to do this for other shows, too, because it's, you know, it's Disney Gallery subtitle Star Wars The Mandalorian. So that'd be cool. um, Yeah. Maybe it's the thing they're going to keep doing. Well, I'll tell you, they are dragging it out, too. Holy smokes. I thought it was weird after the first episode. I was like, that's it. It's very short. It was very short, which is great. I didn't realize more content. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a series. And I was like, that was a very short documentary. Yeah. Which, you know, it's more content for, for the, the streaming service. I, I'll take it. It's going to hold people, you know, each week until they got, you know, bigger shows coming out. So we'll take it, I guess. But let's let's get into that second issue of the new Darth Vader line. If you guys recall or if you're reading it yourself, um, Darth Vader's really angry about, you know, he, he knows Luke Skywalker's his son. He's very angry that Luke is so weak. And he's out to to destroy those who trained him, who really brought him up in the world. So he goes to Tatooine looking for answers, looking who did this, um, wreaks some havoc, and you know goes off to Padme's old apartment that we see in the prequels, and, and uh, gets some information to go to another planet. And is it Vendaxa? Am I recalling the planet properly, Luke? Vendaxa? Sounds good. Right? Something like that. Some place we've never been to um, that has land squids. Yeah. How original. (laughs) You know, your your old land squids. Your run-of-the-mill land squids. Yeah, just casual guardians of the caves. Um, But so the last issue ends with Vader confronted with a ghost it seems Padme herself standing before him. Um, and you're just like, wait, what? Ollie, when we ended that issue, what were your thoughts? Oh, I think I immediately said to you, that has to be one of her handmaids. One of the handmaids. Like right? I was like immediately, that's definitely not Padme. That mm-hmm. would be, I would not like that. Yeah. And it has to be a handmaiden. Yeah. Luke, did you have any suspicions that, somehow Padme's in the shadows. Uh, maybe she brings ab- upon the, the, the rebellion and, and she's, you know, who knows, uh, uh, you know, one of the, one of the makers of the rebellion. Were you thinking any of that? Or is this, did you immediately think handmaiden? Oh, Michael, I had, I had way more than suspicions. I had a deep, <laughs> deep burning passion that Ooh. it was Sabe when I read issue one. Uh, and that all stems from from Queen's Shadow. I think we might have gotten to this a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at, at the time we were talking about episode or issue one, I'd actually read like half of issue two already as well, and so I kind of knew knew the answer, and I was so happy that it was the answer that I wanted, yeah. Uh, because, uh, and this all comes back to the Queen's Shadow novel, uh, which I, I believe you've read, Michael. I know Holly hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to sometime, and. Uh, Sabe is a character in that, and I think one of the the best parts of that that novel. And the way the novel ends, you're left, or at least I was certainly left wanting more Sabe. And I think a lot of people who, who if I've heard or read it, 
wanting more Sabe. Like, oh, there's there's more to her story. Yeah. And something really interesting uh, in her story. So I was so excited at the end of issue one at the possibility of it being Sabe and, you know, turning the page to issue two and, and it being her, I thought was, you know, a nice reward and, uh, you know, want to see how far into this, um, this run, you know, will she stick around? Yeah, I was, I I wasn't expecting when we ended Queen Shadow, you know, we know she's kind of out going to be doing things. I was kind of expecting, a sequel or something to take over and, and just be about Sabe. And I don't, I don't think that's what we're getting. I think we're getting a prequel, right? Am I correct, Luke? And that we're getting more of a Padme in her younger years before even becoming yeah. queen. Yeah. Yeah. Queen's peril. Which yeah. Is the next book from UK Johnston is, um, I think, yeah, while she's queen, uh, but before the events of Phantom Menace, I believe is when the, the, it's taking place. Uh, but, you know, they clearly, you know, paid some nice uh, respect to E.K. Johnson's novel. And, and uh, the droid mm-hmm. refers to her as the Queen's Shadow Absolutely. when they figure out who she is. So I thought that was that was really fun to uh, to give that nod, which uh, I think that book deserves the connection here. Absolutely. And am I, am I mistaken in that Kira Knightley played her? In the prequels, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Kira. Yeah. So I think this could make an epic Disney Plus series. Am I alone, <laughs> Holly? Would you? You love Kira Knightley as I do. I mean, I think about to the old King Arthur movie, and I was a young lad, and she was kicking butt in that movie, and I was like, "Who is this chick? <laughs> she is epic!" Like. Could you see a Handmaiden's Tale? Now, we wouldn't call it that. I think there's something else currently right now that's called that. But would you pay for Disney Plus to watch Sabe out there seeking vengeance for her queen and, you know, I, I mean, maybe protecting Naboo, you know, going behind the Empire? Would you kind of a, maybe a spy assassin kind of thing? Would you pay to see something like that? Yeah, I would. Um, I don't think that I really have a lot of history about this character um, just other than seeing her in the movies. So I think I would be interested. I would see that. Bring Kira Knightley back. Am I right? Like bring her back. What has she been up to anyway? I, I Not much. Not much. Luke, would you would you buy into a, a, an assassin kind of thriller? A, maybe a spy kind of uh, handmaiden's tale with with uh, Kira Knightley out there kicking, kicking butt live action on Disney Plus? Michael, Michael, of course, <laughs> of course I, I would mean, take I my money thinking about Sabe once every other week <laughs> since I finished Queen Shadow like a year and a half ago, um, but I'm not the, I'm not the, the person oh, they yeah. need to convince you. I know. I, I think, uh, it's a really intriguing idea. It, it's too deep cut a character for me for them to do that with True. It, unless, unless like, okay, if you have a character that probably not a ton of people know or like understand who it is, that's a stretch. But if they were to get Kira Knightley to come back to do it and you have that big a name attached yeah. to it, yeah. then I think it could work. Because people would say, Oh well I don't really know what this character is, but oh it's Kira Knightley. So I mean that's that's like a big deal. So I'll check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. That would be that, it might be a hard sell because not a lot of people I know a lot of people didn't pick up Queen Shadow. Like, I don't think it was, um, you know, 
it, it wasn't one of the books that everyone was running to. And, and, you know, it got mixed reviews or whatever. I really enjoyed it. But I think it's worth exploring, especially if there's, you know, others out there that are, you know, doing the same thing she's doing. And, and, and because there's not much story there, it could be very ripe for storytelling and send her out doing random things in the galaxy that no one would expect. And yeah, if you can get a big name like Keira Knightley, that, I mean, that would be freaking epic. I don't think she's past her prime. Um, so I'm not, you know, like <laughs> acting wise, you know, <laughs> yeah. Don't ever tell a woman she's past her prime. Right, Holly? Literally never. That was more of an acting critique. Just redact that Just, statement from the podcast. I don't podcast. redact the podcast, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like actors, you know, she was very big, you know, several years ago, and I don't, I, I honestly haven't seen her in anything lately. So, um, but, so I don't know. That's totally off of what we were talking about, right? But so we see what appears to be Padme, and even Vader's confused. Um, and so here we see a lot of flashbacks, Luke. I mean, more than half of these these pages were just flashbacks of of Vader remembering moments with Padme in the arena in the prequels you know I'm not afraid I love you you love me like all these feelings just seeing her just flowing back um and the whole story itself is a little confusing this this issue for me but what did you think, Luke? I mean, I don't know if I can even summarize really what happened other than they find out she's a handmaiden, right? And uh, they get flocked by some some land squids and they need to fight side by side to escape, which was super crazy um, because this comic makes um, Sabe look just like Padme and they even like aged her a little bit where she would be in this time. And you're like, wow, <laughs> looking at Vader and what appears to be Padme side by side is like jarring and kind of creepy. But Luke, what'd you think of the issue overall? And I mean, if you got any big points you want to hit, like feel free, but what did you think overall? You, you touched <laughs> on the, the sort of flashback panels that have been a major part of these first two issues of this line. And I've really enjoyed them, especially uh, the way they were done in the, in the first arc um, with all of the images of the people in, in yeah. Vader's life that he's remembering uh, and how that relates to what he's currently going through with the, you know, discovering Luke as his son uh, in that, you know, he had a child out there and, and wanting to understand more of how that happened and how it was hidden from him for a while. So I, again, I really enjoyed uh, these, these uh, flashback scenes are pretty much all from uh, attack of the clones which, like I say every week, is uh, you know a hill I'll die on. Loving that that movie, even though a lot of people put it um, really far down in their order. So uh, for me, I think it, it was really lovely to see that again. And uh, yeah, really, this issue was all about just verifying who she was when you know she was the mystery cliffhanger mm -hmm. uh, at the end of issue one. And really, it was just about understanding okay who she is and and how does she connect to Anakin and kind of a little bit of a, like a background on what she's been up to. You kind of understand that she's uh, basically been a, a rebel of sorts. Doesn't, it's not really clear if she's really tied in with the Alliance so yeah. much, but she definitely doesn't like the empire. Uh, so she, she's carrying on what we assume would be Padme's position before she dies and probably um, 
would have gone with, you know, the likes of Bail Organa and Mon Mothma towards the rebellion mm-hmm. had she still been around. So she's kind of, I think, you know, the personification of, uh, well, that's not, probably not the right word, but just like she's continuing, I think, Padme's legacy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she, they've traced her back because she it appears to be the one who, messed with the recordings or security footage or whatever from Padme's apartment. And they traced it back to where she was now. And she missed, yeah, I messed with it or whatever. Um, and, and I guess they're curious as to, I, I guess I don't understand what exactly it is that we're looking for, you know, post her death. I mean, Vader says, you know, what does he say? Someone's someone hid her from me or, I, I did it. Holly, did you understand exactly what Vader's seeking in this moment about Padme herself or what it is that, that Sabe is kind of hiding? Did, did are you picking up on that yet? Um, I mean, Maybe I'm not, there is something about recordings. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm with you on that one. Yeah. There's a, there's a mutual benefit though there, right? Because she confronts him. The moment she's like Darth Vader pulls out her blaster and shoots and he blocks it and and the comical droid continuing what he's been doing is just is offering commentary and I man, you don't want to do that like you done pissed him off well he doesn't say that <laughs> but you know like he's just he's 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 the storyteller here because you're not going to hear Vader recollecting on a lot of things you're seeing flashbacks from him but you're not going to see a ton of dialogue from him. So you have this, this droid kind of commentating things, which is, I think it's pretty cool. Adds adds the humor into it that um, these things need. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's just retracing her footsteps to figure out what is happening to her. Right. Yeah. To figure because I, Yeah. I mean, he knows she died, but yeah, like, but I think he thinks that something changed her, right? Because you turned Amy tells Obi-Wan, you turned her against me. Like something happened. Someone was, or maybe he just, you know, he thought she died. The emperor said she died, but like, he doesn't know really what happened then. So maybe he actually is looking for her. Luke, are we missing the whole point of now what Vader, Vader was looking for his son or his son's, you know, keepers, but now we're on this whole Padme kick. Are are we missing what his purpose is here? Yeah, it's interesting because you have the, the two perspectives, and I totally understand Sabe's perspective. Because we don't know, I think, in the canon, I'd have to go read the the end of Queen's Shadow again because the, the, there's that great epilogue which which kind of deals with this. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it answers the question of what, what the people on Naboo and what the rest of the galaxy thought happened to Padme. Yeah. And because... I'm assuming a sort of in-story explanation because it was such a tumultuous time with the end of the Clone Wars and the mm-hmm. rise of the Empire that it was easy for it to be kind of swept under the rug and not too many questions to be asked. But Sabe is really, you know, bothered by what happened to Padme. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so that side of it I completely get, and she wants to find answers, and she's been seeking those answers. What happened to her? Mm-hmm. The the stuff on the Vader side is a little uh you know it's odd it's more odd why is he asking these questions doesn't he kind of know yeah um yeah at the end of revenge of the sith palpatine tells him um she's dead you killed her yeah uh and so i think you know the biggest shock to him is that well she gave birth to a child prior to her death yeah when did that happen um 
So when he's talking about we, I need to find the ones who hid her, I think you would think he knows, like, she arrived on Mustafar with Obi-Wan, so yep. presumably she left Mustafar with Obi-Wan. So it wouldn't seem to me like it should be that much of a mystery to Vader. It's got to at least have a connection to Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it's that he, he last time he saw her, she was there. And, I, I mean, yeah, he's had his limbs cut off and stuff, but maybe he went back to that place and she's gone. Well, someone hit her from me. Like, I didn't, I should, I probably would have buried her and mourned her, but she's gone. So I think you're absolutely right, Luke. I think, um, I'll tell you guys what this issue. You know insider information? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I'll tell you guys what this issue did for me. Because um, I think all the things that we kind of already talked about, yeah, were interesting. Yeah. But I think what I took away from this issue more other than establishing um, Sabe's character and what her role is going to be in mm -hmm. the upcoming issues was really humanizing Vader a little Come bit on. more because <laughs> I feel like um, we don't really we get some of that towards the end of the original trilogy but yeah. kind of like throughout the trilogy like yeah he's this big baddie we don't really feel too much empathy for him and yeah. I mean give give and take right yeah but I think that we see some things in this issue that would have been considered a little bit uncharacteristic for Darth Vader Preach. or what you might think that his character is going into this. I mean, you see him very shocked and surprised by seeing someone who looks almost identical mm. to Padme. You kind of start to understand how much he understands or remembers about his past or yeah. when he was actually Anakin, or I guess if you want to say before Anakin died yeah, uh, in the birth of Darth Vader, if you will. Um, but you also kind of see him not react in the same way that Darth Vader usually does when he's confronted mm -hmm. or somebody, you know, contradicts him. Yeah. Because we see even the droid kind of mentions, like, so how come she gets to call the shots now? Like she's just making all the decisions yeah. and he kind of shuts the droid up and yeah. he lets Sabe bury her people. Yeah. He, he kind of lets her get angry with him and, you know, confront him and yell at him. And we don't see him. I mean, ultimately like he has a little bit of a moment where he throws a tantrum, oh, yeah. but then he calms down. It does. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it kind of gave me a different perspective of the things that he, maybe he's going through mm -hmm. and his internal conflict and kind of how, like, yeah, like, he's working for the Emperor, but at the same time, like, he has his own stuff that he's worried about, and yeah. Palpatine's not really his top priority right now. Yeah. So you kind of start to see that split. Holly, it's like we're synced, because I was going to come to you on... That very topic, because we're reading the comic together, and you say, wow, Vader remembers a lot. And it takes me back to Clone Wars. We're in the last episode of Clone Wars, and if you haven't seen it, I'm really sorry. We're going to talk about it here. But it's, it's kind of debated right now what's going through Vader's head there. You actually see his eye, and Luke, I don't even know if you caught that. You can see his Anakin's eye through the red eye lens and his helmet which was epic so mm -hmm. i feel like that kind of is like t trying to tell us something there that maybe he's rem he is remembering a lot and someone's he, home someone's home he definitely remembers you know ahsoka and his apprentice and all this stuff but like that's something that these comics are really great for like you said humanizing him 
and showing just how complex he is. And Luke, I know, is reading the the second Darth Vader um, run right now, which is an amazing run. And Holly, you're also going to read it. And I think we're all going to sit down and do a Patreon exclusive on that entire line because it's epic. He's just such, so complex. And there's so much to him more than epic, you know, Rogue One moments. And he, he is, he is rational. I mean, there's there's moments even in the original trilogy, you're like, wow, did he just not choke that guy out for, you know, being insubordinate or, you know, failing like he did others? It is. It's almost like a tantrum he has in moments, mm -hmm. very much like Kylo Ren. Yep. That's a whole nother discussion, <laughs> but has very reasonable moments here. Like, you know, she's a resources he resource here, though he did have a moment where he was like choking her, right? So but that then, that but, was that was kind of strange. But, but then he had a flashback about him doing the dead. exact same thing yeah. to Padme. And yeah. I think that that stopped him because I don't truly think that in this moment he actually wants to believe that he could be responsible for yeah. her death. So when he gets that and she looks so similar to Padme, yeah. he immediately stopped. Yeah, uh, maybe he's learning, mm -hmm. right? Like, Or it just shows you how much of an effect she has on him. Which is very yeah. sad considering the fact that she couldn't change his path. That's true. But if you think about it too, it's almost it, like Anakin blew up, went full dark, right? Slaughtered younglings, like choked out Padme, tried to kill his brother. But like, it's almost as if Vader is becoming even more strong on the dark side. He's learning to temper things when need be. That he, yeah, he has these moments of rage, but not like Anakin did. Anakin couldn't really control things very well it's almost like he's growing more mature you know with age and he's got this suit that he's learning how to there's so much that he's dealing with right now and then we're seeing all these emotions because the the issue or the line that luke is reading right now and that you will read is he's grappling with some of the decisions he's made yes but he's also getting used to his body and he's not looking for a crystal and he he he's on a mission to actually become you know the emperor's apprentice fully that is his mission and this is a little more complex we're dealing with his emotions and so many flashbacks and i love that they're in red it's just like he's seeing that through a, a red lens of just evil and but it's affecting him it very clearly is because he, he stopped choking her like you said so it's really awesome that we're getting more in touch with his emotion here and and just two issues you're seeing a lot of flashbacks um so you're absolutely right in bringing that up i think we're humanizing him a little more and, and and you know there was a lot more there than just you know in the moment you know oh luke's being you know hit with force lightning let me save him um which we're gonna get into that even more so when we talk about dave filoni's speech in the mandalorian doc it was amazing but so i i think it's really great i, I we don't really understand what it is they're seeking they want obviously answers um but now it's just even more complex now because Vader's intention was to learn more about what happened to his son. And now it's, well, what really happened to Padme? So where are we going to go now? And I thought it was very striking to see them kind of teaming up, um, fighting side by side. And I think even the next issue, the cover is them kind of fighting side by side, which just will be misleading for some who aren't actually reading the comic book. Wait a second. <laughs> the hell is this? Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, an alternate universe, which could happen. I don't know. It could be startling, but... If Vader found the freaking portal, 
I mean, Luke, I, I, I kind of want to write some fan fiction here. Like, <laughs> what could have been if Vader found the portal? I mean, let's let's throw this out there. What would be the first thing that Vader would do if he found the the, the portal to, um, or whatever? What do they call it? They call it the portal, but they um, uh, world between worlds. Yeah. World uh, between title worlds. Of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, Luke, what would be the first thing Vader would do? I gotta know what you think. Oh wow! Uh, I guess it might depend on when he, when he finds it. Uh, yeah, great but point. I would think. I think the biggest turning point in his life is uh, the death of Shmi, his mother. Yeah. So if there's like a sort of killing baby Hitler and changing history moment uh, to, to be yeah. had there, it's <laughs> uh, um it's that moment it's it's saving her and getting there a little earlier you you guys you threw down so many interesting thoughts i love that holly brought up the uh the independence of vader what what are his interests versus uh versus palpatine's and that that seed was sown you know in empire strikes back when we see that um he he doesn't want to share everything with with his master and he wants to potentially plot against him with luke and and so many of these comic books, uh, especially, have really explored um, what are Vader's personal interests separate yeah. from ruling the the Empire, uh, and, and that's a really intriguing um, process to go through with him and with the character because Anakin, like part of his his problem versus the other Jedi who are more stoic, is that he he so much of his feeling and his desire for good in the world uh was tied to the specific people he knew yeah and, and dealt with rather than sort of just a, sort of broadly um objectively for all of all of um humanity in the galaxy and uh there's this brilliant i'm, I'm rereading the it's not to take it too far afield but i'm reading the Revenge of the Sith novelization for the first time right now. Mm. And there's this amazing extra, there's tons of extra dialogue in that that's not in the movies. There's this great conversation between Yoda and Obi-Wan. And um, they're both talking about how they would readily sacrifice the life of the other. You know, Yoda would sacrifice Obi-Wan or vice versa. Yeah. If it meant ending the Clone Wars and bringing peace. And, and they said, yes, we would both be very happy with that. Mm. And we'd be willing to do that. Um, but he said, Anakin wouldn't sacrifice me. Obi-Wan said, Anakin would not sacrifice me for that. He, you know, his connection is, he feels connected deeply to me as a person. And he wouldn't do that. And I think that's a great illustration of of who Anakin is. Um, and who he even continues to be as Vader when we're talking about this stuff. Uh, so I know I took it a little bit <laughs> away from the world between worlds. But I had to, all the things you, you two said just now um, made me think all those things. No, it's it, it it's so epic and and it is it's interesting and you see a little bit of that in the in the in the prior Vader comic line that you're reading you're gonna see Vader is out of the loop on some things the Emperor puts Tarkin like in charge of him like it's 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 surprising when you see the Emperor you see Palpatine saying hey, you'll be by my side like we'll rule together like I can save the ones you love. And like we all know, he's the master schemer, right? But like, he really treats him really crappy. I, I, if I recall, 
I think he's even on Scarif and he's, he doesn't even really know about the Death Star plans. Like, it's crazy. So he's keeping so much from him, but it is, it's awesome to see Vader kind of going out now on his own. He's got a side plan. The Emperor's checking in. That's what we saw in the first issue. The Emperor's checking in and uh, Vader's not responding. Um, his Admiral there's like, I don't, he left. I, I, I don't know, my master, it, which is great. But Palpatine laughs. And he smirks. Ah, it's going to get even more complicated for him. Great. Let's confuse him some more. Um, so you're, you guys are absolutely right. It's great to kind of see that he's, you know, he's not just solely dead. I mean, he is dedicated to the Emperor, yes. But he has things he wants to accomplish and that he wants to learn about. And it just makes it much more complex. It's great storytelling. Um, I love it. Uh, but so, and I think that's a great answer, Luke, because a lot of people are going to say, like, you know, he's trying to save Padme and the old Vader line. Like that's really his big goal, but you're right. Like at the death of his mother, that was huge. That's all he had in the, even from the beginning, Holly, if Vader gets the portal, he's there. He can do whatever he wants. What's he going to do? Okay. I have a question okay. about the world between worlds yes. because I kind of feel like when I watched that episode, I felt like it presented certain timelines to you that it are like moments in history that it wanted you to see. Yeah. And I don't really feel like you have the opportunity to pick and choose yeah. what you can find. Yeah. So I actually don't know that the portal would present Darth Vader with yeah. what he wants to see. And I think that would really piss him off. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I actually think he would probably try to destroy it because it's not doing what he wants it to do. God, yeah. Well, I think actually we probably need to tweet at Dave Filoni. And ask him. I, I, I'm curious because like, yeah, does anyone at like, is anyone asking what it is it just you have unlimited power? Unlimited power! That's why Palpatine, I mean, Palpatine wanted it. I'm assuming that's it gives I you mean, the opportunity to do that. Well, yeah, and Palpatine showed Ezra, like, the one oh, thing that he wanted him yeah. to see the most. Um, but, uh, so I don't know. Me, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that was just a manipulation. I, I don't really know how it works. But. Well, let's, let's say he could save anyone he's lost. Or save anyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ezra saw Ahsoka, right? Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't a loved one. I'm sure he cared about her, but like, yeah. yeah. So it, let's say you can save anyone. Yeah, I think that if he could save anyone, I think that I agree with Luke where he says it depends on like when in time it is. But mm -hmm. I think that he is so like the hurt from him losing Padme is so raw that I yeah. think that that would be the only thing that he would be thinking about. That's and so fair. I think that he would try to go to Padme's final moments to try to stop whatever yeah. he thinks happened to her. He would get some truth. Himself. If he did that. I mean, but. yeah, uh, I, I'm conflicted. I, I think it could go either way. You're right. I could see he talks so much about saving Padme. He kind of thinks that's it, but it's like, Things went wrong so way before, <laughs> and he grapples with that. You see that in the the former Darth Vader line. So, and his mother is a big issue there. Um, so I I'm torn. I, I I couldn't tell you. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, we're going to get more out of the story, I'm sure. But you know, it was, it's just interesting to see Vader's reaction there and, and how emotional he is. And he's just playing the same thing over and over all these moments he had with Padme and just like, you know, she really did love him and, and he's just struggling with, with the loss so much. It's crazy. I love it. Um, so we're going to learn more there. We spent so much time on that. I cannot believe we spent so much time on that, that mm -hmm. line or that comic book, but I have a segue please, into please. the documentary. Well, um, that's going to be the last, oh, but you can, if oh, you can make the it Boba happen. Fett thing. Do you have a segue for that? No, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll hold off. Okay. We'll hold off. But when you're ready to transition, you let me know. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pick that up there. I think these are monthly releases, so we'll probably we. I think this isn't coming out until. Oh wow! Just kidding. I, I would I would assume be June. Actually, I don't know. Maybe there's one this month. I have no idea. Um, I'm so behind. I don't even know when they're released. But so, folks, I'm sure you were as shocked as I was to see the Hollywood Reporter coming out and saying that Boba Fett will appear in the mandalorian season two um the man himself who played Django fett in the prequels is supposedly coming back and playing an older boba fett um holly do you recall his name oh i can never remember this Samira guy. morrison there it is. samira morrison um which i i didn't believe it at first but then I saw the Hollywood Reporter, and then every every other credible entertainment, you know, news source running with it. It seems real. Uh, Luke, I want to come to you first. I mean, I guess we're not so shocked that you know the 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 the, the Boba Fett himself is coming back. It seemed almost as if we saw him in the, the sewer drains there with the rest of the Mandos, at least the appearance is outlined. Um, but are, are you shocked? Uh, just outright, we'll get into more discussion, but were you surprised by this news? Uh, no, I wasn't too surprised. That I think there was so much expectation that we might eventually get to this point. I think a lot of people thought uh, it might be a season uh, finale kind of revelation to, to bring him back into the fold, uh, which I was almost half expecting. I think we might have talked even like when we were doing you know episodes of the podcast around yeah. the time of the Mandalorian episodes coming out. You or I or Holly or somebody would maybe mm -hmm. speculate like, oh, well, you know, maybe Boba Fett will appear right at the end of the season here in some way. Yeah, uh, because he's kind of the um, the elephant in the room in certain ways w with the show, but. Uh, and then we got, you know, the dark saber was kind of the big thing that I, you know, took the place of anything like that, yeah. uh, which I was very satisfied with. Uh, so I, I didn't react too strongly to this. I think I reacted a lot more strongly to uh, the news that Ahsoka yeah. would, would be um, appearing in the, in the season two uh, of the, of the series. So uh, well, I had a conversation with uh, a good friend of mine last night. And uh, he brought up something really interesting that I hadn't really thought of that, um, you know, I didn't think of immediately because like you're saying this, the reporting has been he's in the show, yeah, limited role, and he will be playing Boba Fett. Yeah. But I, you know, talking with my friend, he was talking about how, well, Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett and so are all the other clones from the Clone Wars. And yeah, who's a clone? Rex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you could also, 
you know, conceivably play Rex. <laughs> uh, and so to me, it would be really funny and I would be almost more happy to have Rex in the show yeah. as I would Boba Fett. Uh, so it'd be really funny to me if all these people are like, well, it must be Boba Fett. It must be Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> and then it just, he's, he's playing Rex. That would be really f- kind of funny to me uh, if that's what it, what it turned out to be. But that, that's contrary to what the reports are. The report, the reports are he's playing Boba Fett. So I don't know. I th- That would be hysterical if they get the casting right, but they totally misplace the character. They're like, well, yeah. who else would he be? Obviously the guy who fell in the Sarlacc pit. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like it could just be, which would make more sense, I would think, with uh, which I guess Boba, you know, the mystery of his, his survival or death uh, in canon, it, it, it's, you know, it's been out there for a long time now and people want answers. I, I honestly couldn't care less, to be honest. It never is something that I've really grappled with. Uh, but it would make much more sense if we're bringing Ahsoka into this that Rex, too, would also be in it. But... Uh, uh, Ali, were, were, were you surprised to see that our friend may have actually escaped the Sarlacc uh, f- full intact? Um, I don't know. I, f- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can believe any deaths in Star Wars yeah. if you don't actually see confirmation that that character has died. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I think if there's one thing Star Wars has told us is don't trust the death. Yes. But um, I think a lot of people right now are speculating that Boba Fett is coming back as the, I guess, f- figure who walks up to Fennec Shan's body at the end of the Gunslinger episode. Um, and apparently <laughs> it's also been confirmed that Fennec Shand is coming back in season two. That's cool. And so yeah. I think that people are, ex- when I say confirmed, what I really mean is the internet says it's true. Yeah. And you guys know how I feel about relying on the internet if yeah. it doesn't come straight from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so who even actually knows? But that's the word on the street. Um, and so I think people are thinking that it was Boba Fett who found her body and somehow maybe nurses mm. her back to health and then they come back for the child together or something. Or maybe they're working together. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that they've been yep. working together all along and he's just like, well, you watched that one. Let's... I guess let's go get them together or something. Yeah, like I, I don't mind that. Luke, do you do you buy it? I mean, he he's a familiar because that's the thing we've been getting a lot of villains. Like how many? <laughs> um, all they're all kind of villains, to be honest. If yeah. we're looking at good and evil, except for the, the child. The, well, that's true. Who knows? Heracover would never. He could be the Can ultimate villain. Can you imagine villain. an evil Yoda? Like, then oh at that God. point, he'd be a freaking gremlin. His eyes just go yellow. No. Oh right my. light. That might be a feature on the plush that I'm getting um, here soon. <laughs> you squeeze so. him and his eyes turn yellow and he shrivels up. And his head spins. It's like the exorcist. No, thanks. That would be creepy. Um, I'm down with that. But it makes sense, you know, maybe, um, you know, because we got a lot of villains um, and it's, you know, really not familiar people. So to bring someone like that back and place him in there and, and, and he knows all these other characters and almost validates them a little more as villains, which would be cool. But, uh, Luke, do you, do you buy that? Could you see, uh, our old, uh, ironclad, uh, friend coming back and maybe being a friend of the, I don't remember the assassin's name, Hollywood. Do you remember what her name was? The actual assassin? Fennec Shan. Fennec Shan. Is, Is that, that who I was? 
I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't that's who I said Perfect. he walks up to at the end yes. of the Gunslinger episode. Sorry, I couldn't remember And then the she is apparently confirmed to be coming back in season two. Epic. Well, I'm down. So I'd like to see them pair up. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, are you buying that, Luke? Could that be it? Or is he holding the, the key to something else maybe about the child? Well, I remember we all had, a, you know, the internet broadly, fandom broadly, and, and even, you know, the three of us had a lot of fun speculating after that episode. Mm. Uh, that was the only episode that I think ended in that way with this like mysterious, uh, yeah, cliffhanger tease, and and we kind of all expected it to be answered within the season. Yeah, uh, and, you know, we spent time speculating who was it, who was it. We talked about Boba Fett. Um, and I think I think Boba Fett and Gideon were the, or even Grief Karga, yeah, uh, were the three that we kind of said made the most sense. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the season, I kind of lean more towards it being Gideon, yeah, mm-hmm. because he, yep. he, you know, he comes in at the, at the end of the season there, and, and to me that kind of made sense. Uh, the cave, but mm-hmm. but at the same time, now it seems it seems like it just fits that it's it's Boba Fett now if he's yeah. indeed going to be in the show. If what I'm left asking myself or what 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 influences my reaction to this news is what does he add to this story or how does he fit into this story? Yeah. Uh, The news of Ahsoka made me excited, not just because I like her more than I like or care for Boba Fett, but because it makes sense to me that, you know, think about what the armorer told, told him at the end of season one. Yeah. Basically you need, your mission is to reunite the child with his people mm. um, that could be taken one of two ways. It could be whatever species that is. Are there more of them out there? I think I, I understood it uh, more as just um, force wielders. You need to unite him with his, yeah. his force wielder people. He needs guidance from a force wielder. You need to help him seek that out. And so Ahsoka to me fits in there that they start trying to track down a force wielder who can provide guidance, influence, help uh, for Harry Cover. Mm. <laughs> and, and and so Ahsoka fits a, a story role there for me. Um, when we already have Gideon and, and whatever kind of minions he can come up with, I don't know what, what Boba Fett adds as a villain necessarily. Um, so that's what I'm left just kind of wondering or kind of what tempers my reaction to this. Yeah, I... Yeah. I agree with Luke. That's like, Michael brought it up right before we started podcasting and was like, we're going to talk about this. And I was like, I don't really like that concept of him coming into the show because I think the only reason, like the only purpose he would serve would just be to make all the people who were like, bring back Boba Fett, be like, yay, we have Boba Fett. And I just like, I don't want it to stall the storyline. I don't want it to take away from our Mandalorian. I don't want it... You know, I get so worried that you start throwing in so many of these characters that it starts to, like, muddy up that storyline. And at the risk of sounding like C-3PO, like, I trust the maker of the show, but, yeah. like... Oh, I thought we were getting spiritual there for a second. I Holy mean... <laughs> thank the maker. Preach. Come on. But I just... <laughs> I just, like, I do trust them to make good content, and we haven't been let down, but it also Ooh. makes me worried. I don't want... Like, I'm all for, like, appeasing the fan base, yeah. but at the same time, like... I'm sorry to be blunt, but some of the fan base kind of sucks. And well, that's fair. 
I think that they don't always know what's best for Star Wars. They just yeah. want to see their favorite character come back. And Except maybe it everyone work. listening to this podcast, you are great. We you love, are all the well, best. Yeah. I, I think we appeal to a, a, a pretty level-headed you know, listenership. I think, yeah, I, I, those that want to talk trash and stuff, I don't think they listen. If they do, they definitely don't now. We had way too much Star Wars <laughs> hate. They left the building. Yeah, yeah, they were the you know, the episode two haters. But uh, um, here's here's where I think there could be some hope because you're right. Boba Fett was never one of my, my favorite characters. He was he looked cool and stuff, and he's collecting bounties. I, what gives me hope is that maybe they do something with him kind of like they did with Maul, right? You know, Maul was on a track to, to, to being the emperor's, you know, right hand man. And, and, and he had a, you know, he had a story written for him. Well, that all came to a tragic end. And then he was forced to go in a completely different direction. So I can also see the same kind of happening for Boba Fett being like, Jesus, I was in this Sarlacc pit, like the damn mucus of that thing, like melted all my clothes off. Like I, I pull myself out of here naked and I, you know, now I'm on a new mission to find, you know, some other purpose in the galaxy or maybe gets right back into, to, to bounty hunting. I don't know, but I, it, it, it's crazy now because that scene where I've always wanted now, if he is going to pull himself out of the Sarlacc pit, you just see a hand, <laughs> you know, right out of the sand. And I think that would be ep an epic way to start the freaking series. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the end of the first episode, just like they did with the child, is just like, what? I thought that would be at the end of the season. Put this at the beginning of the season and then don't have him come back till the end. I think that would be epic. Um, so I can see maybe if, if we're going to get a different story for Boba Fett, um, which I'll be honest, like in legends, I'm that those are books I never read about Django's return and, and what his purpose is. Then, um, I'm assuming it's pretty similar to what he was doing before, but, um, Luke, I don't know if you read any of those old Django or Django Fett, Boba Fett books. Uh, when he survived, but uh, could you see maybe he has some other purpose in life now? I'm not talking he's like some pastor out there, like a guardian <laughs> of the wills, but I, some something else. Maybe he is leading a syndicate of his own. I don't know. Yeah, I read some of the old uh, the old EU that involved Boba Fett and some of the other bounty hunters. I, I can't remember them very well, but uh, yeah, I wondered how much they would even bother trying to explain his survival or if it'd be just like, um, uh, you know, Emperor Palpatine in, in Rise of Skywalker, he's back. Don't yep. worry about it. <laughs> you know, like just deal with it. Uh, I kind of thought maybe they'll do that. Like, I don't know that yeah. they want to show that image that you're talking about. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but just based off of uh, Palpatine, it's, <laughs> it's like, a, okay, whatever. He's yeah. There. Um, I could see it going that way. So, uh, and, and the way they're talking, you know, and when we think about the other sort of supporting characters in the first season, um, most of them were only in one episode and then they kind of did the whole reunion yeah. at the end where they all got kind of brought back together again. So yeah. uh, it's I, the way it's being talked about and, and the way I'd expect based off the first season. He's not going to be in every episode, but maybe it'll be uh, really short scenes where we see him a couple times throughout the season. Then there's something more significant towards the end, kind of like you were alluding to there, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you could just have <clears throat> not like a just a 
bare human hand. Like that would wait, who like coming out of the sand? Is it, you know, I, who that could be anybody, but maybe like his gauntlet or whatever with the flamethrower, like that would be kind of cool. And it's got a colors like, and that's how the first episode ends. And you're like, wait a second, Boba, Boba Fett's out there scheming now. Like you have to give us some more context though. Like he'd have to come up, like the hand would have to come up like and throw a piece of the Sarlacc out or something. Now that would be freaking sick, Holly. That's what I'm freaking talking about. <laughs> Let's write this crap and send it to Lucasfilm. Because you're right, like yeah, like a, like a tentacle he just throws down or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. you would need something like that. Yeah, I'd be down. And then maybe I would be sold. Or like I've all, you know, I haven't always wondered, but I'm sure some people have wondered what's the inside of that, you know, that creature look like. <laughs> Is it nice and homey? Like you're in there a long time decomposing so like what's it like you know are people hanging out there oh, yeah here's this this guy's new here guys he's about <laughs> to be tortured um <laughs> little group therapy like people slowly die i don't know but who knows what we'll get terrible yeah and i have a theory on the whole uh you know the lukewarm reaction that, that we have had to this is i think down to a a bit of a generational divide that we're on the slightly wrong side of um you know, I'm not in uh, to the action figure collecting thing, although I have a great shot of Michael right now mm. um, that includes like a soak, I think an Ahsoka Black Series right over your shoulder. Let's go. That I'm really enjoying right now. But uh, some of them have fallen, so I need to get in there and <laughs> fix those. But yeah. But I know one of the stories I always hear people of um, the slightly older generation of fans who are actually alive when the movie's the original trilogy first came out. Yeah. Which, you know, we missed by a bit. Um, they talk so much about the buildup to Empire Strikes Back being so Boba Fett centric. Yeah. They uh, they were so I think proud of the character design, and he appeared in the holiday special in '79. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, including the the great rifle that we now see in the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, and, and so like he was such like an think of the way like Maul's image led so much of the marketing for Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. I think there was a, a big element of that with Empire Strikes Back, the the great design of Boba Fett sort of leading a lot of the the imagery that was put out there. And I think there's, I, I hear so many of the um, fans of that generation talk about the, I think the mail away Boba Fett figure yeah. that I think you could order before, yeah. before the movie came out, you could get your hands on, on this figure of Boba Fett. So, so to me, I think so much of the, the connection to this character that gets a little bit lost on us other than, you know, he's, he's great in the movie. It's, you know, he's not a huge part of either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, but he's a significant part, certainly plays a significant role um, in, in the actions he takes. Uh, so I think that that's part of it. And so some, some people that had more of that experience, I was just describing that we missed out on, you know, might be screaming at their um, their headphones now, listening to us be like, yeah, whatever, Boba Fett. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I was going to say, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't get me wrong, because you see the handle. Everything oh, is... Hey. I like Boba Fett. I like Boba Fett as a character. I have yeah. a Boba Fett handle. I have, yeah. on almost all my social medias, I have a Boba Fett steering wheel cover. You have I, a giant Boba Fett back tattoo. I It's a tramp stamp. Um <laughs> There's a Boba Fett pointer. Wow, I can't right. believe you just said that. I love it. <laughs> Gave me crap for saying what I said earlier. Go ahead. There's a Boba Fett 
planter right behind Michael's yeah. head. Like yep. we're Boba Fett fans. We yes. like Boba Fett. Oh, I personally God. please don't put a review that this <laughs> podcast hates, hates Boba Fett. Boba they Fett. hate the originals. Please. Don't. No, I definitely don't have an issue with Boba Fett coming back in yeah. general. I think that my my concern like Luke has said, is just what would that do to the storyline? Yeah, but. there's 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 definitely storyline concerns there, but also for me, it's kind of strange because like what we were fed in the beginning is like like Luke said, we're getting like like the image of the Mandalorian looks exactly like at least we how we saw him in the beginning of season one looks pretty much exactly how. Boba Fett looked in the holiday special. Yeah. It was, you know, it was an homage to that character with the rifle and all. And then you see IG-11, almost an exact, you know, replication of IG-88. So to me, we were kind of moving on from those characters into newer characters. And I'm all for bringing him back. And if he serves a purpose, that's awesome. I want it to serve a purpose because you could have just brought Maul back because he was cool and had a Darth, you know, he had a Darth, he had a double bladed lightsaber. Like, I mean, you it's could, true. It is. You could do that. But like, there was a purpose there, right? He, he became one of our favorite characters, the most dynamic and complex characters. Could we get that with Boba Fett? I don't think they're going to dedicate that much time like they did with Maul, but I, I just wanted to serve a purpose and I'm totally fine with it. If it makes sense and he's hell bent on, who knows? Like finding Luke Skywalker, I don't know. Uh, like I don't know. It'd be weird, but um, as long as there's a purpose there, and, and to me, it's just kind of like we we were moving on from these. We're we're, we're alluding to those characters and our new characters, like IG Eleven, like the Mandalorian. So I don't know. For me, it's it's fine. I just wanted to have a purpose. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm we're excited about it. If it's happening, I'm a little surprised that we're getting so many. I don't. I guess you call them leaks. Like, people are talking about Ahsoka. Now we're talking about Boba Fett. Like, the first season, and I get, you know, it's all new characters, really. Um, but even the little baby Yoda, I feel like that and the animatronics and everything they're doing probably be pretty hard to keep under wraps. But, like, these casting calls are just, like, they're out there now. And I don't know if that's kind of, it, it's kind of a bummer to me because I want to be surprised. But. I just, like... I, I I just don't know, like, every article that I've looked at about this, and yeah. I could be totally wrong. Maybe I missed something straight yeah. from Lucasfilm where they were like, hey, guess who they we didn't. cast for this? Yeah. But they didn't. They did not. And so sometimes I think that people just like to spout a bunch of BS so they yeah. have stuff to talk about, especially right now because no one's really doing a lot of anything yeah. else. And so, like, I would take it with a grain of salt. What, yeah. Whoever the sources are, they might be right. They might be wrong. Yeah. I, I wouldn't believe it until either I, like, certainly believe it until either – I see it in the show or we hear straight from that actor or Lucasfilm that this is actually what's yeah. happening. My, all of our podcast friends that we follow and stuff on Instagram, like they are all saying like, this is what's happening. Like I, you, I couldn't avoid that if I wanted to, because they, I mean, every single individual and in group is just saying like, this is what's happening. This is a yeah. gospel. Well, and I think that what happens truly I think sometimes what happens is some artists is like, wouldn't it be super cool if this character came back? I'm going to draw it. And sometimes their artwork looks yeah. so freaking legit oh, yeah. and they're so talented and it's so good and yeah. professional that people are like, oh my God, this is what's happening. Yeah. It's real. I can confirm it now. And then it just starts like spiraling because I have yeah. seen a lot of fan art for like Mandalorian it's season amazing. two posters and with Boba Fett on one side, the child in the middle 
and our Mandalorian on the other side, and mm. yeah, it looks so good and it looks so cool. Yeah, is it true? Who knows? I don't know. It's according to the Hollywood Reporter. It is, so we'll find out. I, I don't know. It's 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 out there. Um, so spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, could be Ahsoka, could be Boba Fett. Who knows? Um, I, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. They're in post-production on, you know, The Mandalorian Season 2, which is awesome. I'm glad they got that filming in um, before things kind of went in isolation. So I, I hope they're working on it. Dave Filoni says they are. Um, Holly, do you have that transition? Is it still work? Um, It doesn't really work. Uh, it's too bad. That's okay. That's I had okay. a great transition there. Well, then, oh, to my transition? I don't know if it was working with yours, but give yours. Even if it doesn't make a lick of sense, I still want to hear it. Okay, well, Luke said something when we were talking about the Darth Vader comic that got me thinking about listening to Dave Filoni talk on mm. the documentary. All day. Um. So, Luke, you mentioned Anakin, um, the conversation between Obi-Wan and Yoda where uh, Obi-Wan said that Anakin wouldn't make that sacrifice for one of them to end the Clone Wars because he's so emotionally invested in Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm yeah. paraphrasing what you said. <laughs> um, and I think that something that Dave Filoni talked about in this documentary, which wasn't actually related to the Mandalorian at all, but like Michael said, mm -hmm. this was more of like a roundtable discussion between yeah. everyone about Star Wars in general and not yeah. so much the production of the Mandalorian all the time. And I think Dave Filoni talked a lot about um, how Qui-Gon was so much different than the other Jedi were mm. and how he really thought it was important to have those connections with the other Jedi and connections with family and connections with friends. And he was very emotional, which kind of made him a good father figure for Anakin at mm. that time. Whereas Obi-Wan... Um, and, you know, we see Mace Windu and the other Jedi kind of deviated from those emotional connections and became very disconnected mm -hmm. and very political. And I don't know why. It just kind of got me thinking about, like, we even see those connections in the comics and the way that oh, Darth absolutely. Vader is portrayed in the comics because you still see him. You know, you see Anakin die, Darth Vader come around, and then he's still kind of portraying some of those emotional I guess the want for the emotional connections yep. from his past life. I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of interesting, and it's something that we just heard tonight in that documentary. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the 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 Jedi were asking him to, you know, to to get rid of those connections, right, and to focus on 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 his training and and to really just to to settle, you know, connections to others, the loved ones, and and you need to be able to. You need to eliminate the fear of losing those that you care about. And he couldn't do it. And the path that he goes down puts him in that very place that he didn't want to be, which is crazy. It's it's so crazy. Um, and and I, I love what they're doing in this docu-series. I, I do. I do. I mean, we got, what, six more episodes to go, this thing about the Mandalorian. Like, I want to see more behind-the-scenes stuff. I got to. I love, I eat that stuff up. And we saw a little bit. We saw George Lucas there or whatever. But the best part, I mean, it is great that you're highlighting what these creators, their connection is to the product. Because I think Lucasfilm wants to show people 
this isn't just some Joe Schmo big name that we're getting, you know, to create these stories. These are people that care about the product and you need to know that because so many people are saying, ah, oh, you're getting these writers and you're getting these people that don't love Star Wars like we do. Damn it. I was there in 77 as a five-year-old with my daddy. I know Star Wars. <laughs> you don't. Goes. That tangent's over. That was, I was just, you know, it was an echo as we talk. It was an echo to that podcast. But uh, it, I, th I think it's nice, you know, showing these people, showing fans that, like, they're fans too. And we're going to get the point across their fans. You're going to see why they're creating content the way they are, why they're directing things the way they are. And you can, you can tell. I'm going to go back and watch the season again after hearing the stories of these directors. And you can, you're, you're going to be able to directly see how their Star Wars story reflects how they're producing this content. I cannot wait to do that. So it's a genius strategy on their part. I love it. Um, it just builds you up for, you know, the, the future content creators out there. Um, so I think it's genius what they're doing, but the best thing that this freaking episode did was let for 10 minutes, Dave Filoni go on a little tangent about not just the prequels, but like star Wars in general and what's it, what it means and he knows what it means and we all know what it means we just sometimes tend to lose sight of that and luke hit me up and said did you watch that have it yeah he's like jesus i mean, freaking kill it like holy cow like you need to check this out so, so luke i i know you were excited about it and it, you were right it blew my freaking socks off what he was saying and it, but it's so it's so fundamental to what star wars is and sometimes we lose sight of it because there's, you know, fancy X-Wings and, and battles and, and, and Vader, you know, chopping people up in Rogue One. But, like, you lose sight of what the story actually is all about. And, and I'm so glad that you a, reminded me uh, that that was airing. But uh, that you're also in tune with just what Filoni's saying. It reminds me of the discussions we have. I told that to Holly when he was going on his little tangent. I was like, God, it sounds like he's on this podcast <laughs> because I feel like we share very similar views, you know, not of star Wars, but like, you know, a, a bigger perspective with Dave Filoni, uh, which I, I mean, I would love to have him on the show. I think he'd fit right in. But uh, so Luke, what was it, you know, that spoke to you about, you know, what he was saying and, and, and why was it so compelling? I think the reason so many of us love and, and trust and are so happy that Filoni is, is so involved with all these Star Wars projects as he is, is because he's one of us in so many ways. He's, yeah. um, he's deep and sweaty mm. on it and he, he gets it on a level that I, I, not a ton of people get it on. And, you're right. It, it's been great to see these different directors and creators perspectives and to see their love of Star Wars. And I think all of them do love it. And yeah. it comes through genuinely in these discussions. Um, but nobody is as obsessed with it as Filoni. <laughs> yeah. And it's clear. Yeah. Like um, Favreau even gives him some like sideways glances sometimes at the level <laughs> yeah of you know deepness that he is into it which, which makes sense because favreau's had you know his own career doing all this all sorts of stuff and doing marvel movies and yeah. these disney live action remakes of old movies and um in his own sort of smaller budget films as well mm -hmm. and whereas feloni's been in 
Star Wars up to his neck. Yeah. Um, it sounds like his whole life, the way he talks about it. And then definitely since he started working in on you know, the Clone Wars and after. Um, so it was really beautiful to see. And I think he, he laid out so succinctly and wonderfully that the main theme and the main through line of episodes one through six, um, Anakin's journey. And then obviously, you know, Anakin's relationship with his children that becomes a part of that journey in the end. Uh, and as much as I, I enjoy the sequel trilogy and even, you know, in our rankings put last Jedi so high as one of my favorite star Wars movies. When you, when you look at that, conversation that um discussion from feloni about about the continuity and the through line of one through six mm-hmm. it left me feeling like the sequel trilogy is kind of this weird appendage on on the series uh it, it doesn't fit as neatly yeah one through nine uh as like a single story it's much more it feels like they almost they should have started the numbers over in, in the way that these comics start the numbers over, you know. Yeah, and yeah. So this is episode one through three again. Uh, as confusing as that would have been for a lot of people, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, the Qui Gon stuff about the the duel of fates in episode one being mm. whether or not Qui Gon would live and what influence that would have on Anakin, whether or not he lives, the fate that Anakin would have if Qui Gon is victorious in this battle and lives to be an influence on Anakin going forward versus Qui-Gon being removed from the equation that that's like, that's a debate we, you know, people like us love to have and to see that, you know, that's the, the mindset that Filoni has too, you know, that he just, he feels like he's one of us so much. Yeah. It, that blew my mind. Can I, can I, I'll, I'm going to say that confidently. I've never even thought, taken the title duel of fates and that epic score i i've never taken that and really broke it down and said what what does it signify there well what, what is it talking about maybe we need to do that it's a it's a great title <laughs> duel of fates and just hearing feloni talk about it, i'm like that makes more sense about anything in star wars that i've ever thought yeah of course it is of course, that moment is there to where Qui-Gon is, is longing to be this father figure for this individual who has nobody. He has he thinks he has a higher destiny and he can lead him there. He has no one. And that's if he survives. And if he doesn't, like, what path does he go down there? And that's obviously the path we went down. But I've never, ever thought of the context of the title of that theme being you know part of the story itself there in a in a bigger way that i've never thought about holly what would you think of that maybe if not that in general the the feloni's rant i mean i, I call it a rant because the boy didn't take a breath i don't think no. and everyone was just mesmerized <laughs> right by him. i think that something that i've noticed about this documentary and i know that we're only in the second episode or docuseries if you will yeah i think something that I've noticed is that everyone kind of talks over everybody else. Like people it's will kind start, of frustrating. It is. People will start saying something and I'm like listening to it. And then like John Favreau will jump in and start talking over them. And it's just, it's kind of like, yeah. I get everyone's very excited about yeah. what they're trying to say, but it's yeah. like every five seconds they're talking over each other. 
Something that really struck me is that Dave Filoni talked for 10 minutes or more. Nobody said a single word. Everyone just let him talk and nobody interrupted him. Not even like a yeah or a okay. Nothing. It was silent. Well, I think someone who did it a lot, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, and this isn't me hating this individual. I think she's done great things for Star Wars, but Kathleen Kennedy interrupted a lot of people, you know, and I think she wanted to contribute to the conversation um and like she has a lot of history there with george lucas that no one at the table has um so i I think she wanted to get her points out but yeah sometimes they were they were talking over others and 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 even with the directors i can't remember what her name is but she was deborah chow deborah chow yeah no it was deborah chow yeah 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 yeah. they were you know someone was interrupting her or whatever and sometimes it's john favreau and i think he's meant to be the mediator the host sometimes i interrupt you guys and that's not because I'm a dick. But sometimes, you know, I keep things going. And I get more so when it's necessary for him. But you're right. And I think with Filoni, like Luke said, I think everyone is just kind of mesmerized by, like, because he just kind of does what we do sometimes. We just go into this trance of just, like, talking about something that we're really passionate about. And they're almost just kind of in awe of the experience he's having. And they're just kind of enjoying the moment that he's having. Mm-hmm. And you don't, that's not happening with a lot of people. Um, But I think it needs to more so, but I would probably do the same thing. I would just sit there in silence. Well, I think for me, it was, I like, I actually, I love hearing the history of the directors and where they came from and where they started, what got them into Star Wars, what else they worked on, you know, what their passions are, because I feel like it gives you a better understanding of the angles that they're going for in each episode that they're directing. So I think that is important. Yeah. But I feel like the difference with Dave Filoni is that he's coming from a place where, like, this is how I am. This is what Star Wars means to me and what yeah. what is happening with each of these characters individually. And now you know how I feel and now you understand why I'm pulling things in and having certain things happen in the show the way that they are. And I don't want to say that any of the other directors have it on have that on like a more superficial level than he does because I don't think that that's true. But he just has such like a deeper connection to the story and all of the characters, not just the characters in The Mandalorian. And I think that's why he's able to like really like get in tune to these characters and understand the storyline and what George Lucas was going for. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to hear him talk because – he even seems to have, you know, taken on some of George's mannerisms, which is kind of scary at times. But it's like, is this a new manifestation of George Lucas? Um, but you're right. He, he he is so in tune with the deep and sweaty characterizations and 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 the Star Wars feel. Yes, but like he understands the basic qualities, and I love that he summarized both of them up in this episode of that. It's, it's about family and it's about hope in every episode, every movie, every clip, every whatever of star Wars, it's always going to have hope. And and it's funny that he said that because the ending of the clone wars was probably the only star war that has ended so dark (laughs) and just like there was no hope there. I mean, I guess there's a little bit with Ahsoka and, and, and Mirai, um, but it was funny that he kind of mentioned that and then Clone Wars happened. Like, wow, that was one of the darkest moments of Star Wars. But yeah, you're right. It's, it needs to be hopeful, but he understands that. And, and, and it's, it's, 
it's something that he truly believes in so much that he may not even be consciously thinking about it when he creates a Star War. It just comes out that way. Um, but I, I freaking loved what he was saying, and it blew my mind. The whole Duel of Fates discussion and, and, and you know, what would have been. That, that's such an interesting what would have happened? I mean, you can easily just say, well, he would have trained him, and uh, yeah, and, and Anakin would have become this epic Jedi. That's very simple. I think things would have went a little differently, but uh, it's just it's interesting to think about that, and, and I'd never really thought about Duel of Fates in that context, but then to come back and say, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the original Star Wars trilogy, Vader ultimately coming back and, and attempting to be that father figure that a, he didn't have and, and B never was and, and tried to do what he could in that moment to be that figure for Luke, um, and his sister, obviously. But, um, Luke, any, anything else that hit you? Like, I mean, it hit me like a brick and, and I would love just for Dave to just talk about this stuff more love to have him on the podcast but anything else about it just i mean did you ever think of duel of fates in that way i it never even crossed my mind i know i've definitely had the the thought about the whole what whether quietly lives or not uh you know that the whole discussion that what if i think like i said is one of the the biggest what ifs that a lot of star wars fans talk about yeah i i, I don't think i connected like the title of the song so succinctly yeah. summing that up you know yeah um it was always just duel of fates is so cool <laughs> as a yeah. Song. yeah and it, and it plays over such great action scenes yeah. in, in the phantom menace uh that i think i was lost in that without uh connecting you know that that title in that way mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was great how he points out how uh you know luke and and anakin save each other in the end yeah it's not sort of one saving the other but it's re it's really both because it's it's luke's um compassion for vader um and willingness to to not strike him down when he really was in a position to at one point you know he's got vader up against the ropes yeah slices off one of his hands has him in trouble oh. and, and decides i don't want to go down this path i want to choose a different path i want to show compassion for my father i see the light in him yeah and uh it it's his you know, love for who turns out to be his son that allows him to turn away from the dark side and, and, um, you know, destroy the emperor in that moment. Uh, and without that, Luke would have also perished because, yeah. you know, Palpatine was on the verge of killing him. So in that way that they save each other, um, you know, I think it's something I knew and understood in the story, but it, the way that Filoni connects it, through the whole saga and Anakin's journey and, and you know, all the way back to, to encountering Qui-Gon. I really loved the, um, the, how he pointed out that, um, you know, the Qui-Gon debate can often be overly anti-Obi-Wan to me, which, yeah, yeah, you know, hurts a little, hurts a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, Obi-Wan has his strengths and, and they're different from Qui-Gon's, but I love how he, he points out the line, um, and points out that, it's Obi-Wan directly comparing Jar Jar and Anakin when he says, like, yeah. why do I get the feeling we've picked up another um, a useless life form? Uh, Is pathetic. that the line? Pathetic? Yeah. I think, yeah. right? Yes. Life form. Yeah. 
he sees Qui-Gon, you know, taking on these charity cases yeah. that are not a part of their main mission. And Obi-Wan's more kind of tunnel vision, like, this is my mission. This is what I need to to accomplish it. Yeah. I can't get too distracted by everything else going on. Whereas Qui-Gon has you know, more of a, a broad view. Yeah. And says, Yeah, I'm going over there to do that. But along the way, uh Jar Jar is useful in, in this certain context and I can't just abandon him to be executed by the gung. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boss yeah. Nest, uh and in picking up Anakin. Um but that's like a, a you know a pretty low blow for him to directly compare Anakin to Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, in, in the way that he does. And so I thought that was brilliant to, uh, to point that I, I know that line very well, but just to, just to sit with that thought for a minute really sinks in. And he, I mean, he was mature, immature and naive too. You know, he wasn't a, a, an actual, you know, he was still a Padawan in that moment too, right? He had some maturity he needed to take. So maybe it's a, it is a little leap of Filoni to say that he was saying they're the, you know, he's just as kind of low on the total pole as, as Jar Jar, but thinking of Qui-Gon as, as more that father figure, I, I've never really thought of it that way, comparing Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, and it makes so much more sense now, and even if you take in the Clone Wars and, and Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship, I mean, hell, in Revenge of the Sith, he says, you were my brother, I loved you, brother, but, I mean, even the relationship in the Clone Wars, it, it, it definitely is more of a brotherly, you know, sometimes even a competition, um, you know, when they're talking about, you know, saving each other's skin for the ninth time or whatever. Like it is almost more of a competition, kind of a brotherly thing. And it's, it, it could it be a stretch to him saying those things? Yeah, but it makes much more sense. Qui-Gon, like, like Luke said, like taking on these causes, you know, saving Jar Jar. Um, I need to probably reread Master and Apprentice. I'm sure you would even pick up on more of that um, in that novel as well. Makes me want to read it now, but um just never really thought of him as a father figure and, and he did I, I didn't come here to 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 free slaves but he takes on this child it, is it he just desperately believes he is the chosen one or is there a a fatherly sentiment there this kid has nothing like he obviously admires me and and he's strong and and yeah but like there's something else there there is that fatherly sentiment and i see it now and, and i'm sure we see it more um but Holly, any anything else about what Dave had to say? No. No, I like, tapped it dry. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Oh, it was it's just so good. epic. I, I love behind the scenes stuff. I love hearing the creators talk about Star Wars. I love hearing Dave Filoni just talk about these very simple themes that they just are Star Wars. And if you take that theme, you can create great stories, and that's what they are. Um, and and even the sequel trilogy. I mean, it's a, a little jarbled and and you know and then there's not always some like direct lineage um but it's there and it is more so about finding a new family right and it's it's you know ray could have been a skywalker but it's it's a different interpretation on that um and i love (laughs) i need to tell this funny story Uh, my Uh, plays Battlefront with me, and the update came out, and and the, the, a new um, 
uh, character for Ray is, is Ray Skywalker, and she's got the the yellow saber. And he's he has still not he's a big Star Wars fan has still not seen Rise of Skywalker, and so I was like, dude, I need to get you the Blu-ray. I need you to the Blu-ray. He's like, Mike, I, I'm pretty sure I already know what happens now. I'm like, dude, you have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea. Yeah, it says Ray Skywalker. You don't know how they get to that point. So Tom, watch the damn movie. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, it's just it's it's a different take on it, you know, and and. But it is about, you know, embracing family, and that's what matters most, and it, it helps you overcome dark times. There's a huge message there. There's huge themes, and I love it. Um, but it was just what a lot of fun. This is a pleasant surprise. I'm so glad we're getting this stuff. But uh, uh, anything else from you guys? Any final thoughts on the anything? We nailed no, it. No, I think we nailed it. We nailed it. Guys, <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed those conversations. I know I did. Um, but, you know... I, I hope you're enjoying some of the comic discussion. I, I think we're seeing, you know, Vader's a much more complex character than, than people give it credit, give him credit for. But uh, um, I think we will have Holly read that, that second line and Luke will finish it and we'll do some, uh, some Patreon exclusive stuff because Sounds that's, fun. it's an epic story. It's an epic story, but um, yeah, guys, hope you enjoyed this. We'll be back next week with, with some more discussion, hopefully, uh, hopefully some new content to chew on here soon. Um, but Holly, any updates on book club? I just need to, I feel like oh, weekly yeah, I need to ask to make sure. Yes. Um, okay. I'll post it. Any tentative dates? I'll post it when okay. we're going to meet. Okay. You heard it here, guys. She's going to post when we're going to meet and discuss, um, you keep calling it the Leia book. I do. Yeah. And it throws me off. And it's not the Leia it's book. Bloodline. It is about Leia. It is about Leia. Yes, you are absolutely it right. It is a Leia book. A Leia book, uh, Bloodline. So we'll be talking about that, guys, here soon. So stay tuned for the book club. Um, you know, get in that group. Um, get in wherever you can with Flying Casual. Join the fam. Phrasing. It, yeah, boy. that What a great way to round it out, right, with the <laughs> beginning of the episode. Holy cow. Guys, sometimes you just got to work for the cream. <laughs> That really was said on the podcast. I can't believe I said it. But, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Forgive the uh, the immature remarks, but we'll be back next week. And stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Cleat, flying casual. See ya.